Welcome back, everybody, to the Voices for Blogging podcast, where we have faces for radio and voices for blogging. You can find us on the Podbean app, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at Voices for Blogging. Feel free to reach out via DM. We'd love to hear from you. As always, in Honolulu, Hawaii, I'm Steve Lee. In Los Angeles, Roy Samano. In Phoenix, Arizona, we have the Bumblebee. The voice. <laughs> yeah. The only voice that's not for blogging. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we want to start this show off by by thanking our, our, a bunch of our new listeners in uh, in Europe that we've kind of seen kind of pop up on our screens. Uh, and a bunch of new listeners here in, in the U.S. Uh, really appreciate you guys listening. And we've had record downloads over the last... Over the last month, month and a half, we kind of attribute that to the appearance of the bumblebee. Definitely, I want I want to give a special <laughs> shout out though. Our listener that I know that's listened to what 27 twenty seven hours. I think, I think he said twenty eight hours is what he told you. Twenty eight hours, the full set of podcasts that we've done, and not only that, but he bought merch. Yeah, on that note, I want to thank all our listeners that actually went to our Zazzle store uh, that we set up, Voices for Blogging, to get some gear, get some coffee mugs. Really appreciate the support. Pretty great just seeing this little thing that Royce and I decided we should do at some point in time. Uh, by the way, shout out shout out to Jet. I forgot to say his name, Jet. But, uh, <laughs> you know what it reminded me? It reminded me of that there was that one movie where it ended up where the girlfriend was buying all the merchandise. What was <laughs> it? It was uh, Ali Wong. Ali Wong. Randall Park, something yeah, about Keanu, something or something maybe or something like that. Always uh, be my maybe. Yeah, always, always be, be my maybe. maybe. My wife watched it and I think she she kind of got she was it was all right. She said she was hoping it'd be better than what it was. It was actually it good. Was, it was my bad. Yeah. yeah, it was it was good. I thought it was okay. My bad. I mean, yeah. this it's a typical rom com, right? Like. Yeah. Well, you know, Royce, I mean, I mean, you you do spend a lot of time just watching rom-coms by yourself, right? See, the thing with Bumble and I, at least we can say we watched it with our wife, you know, but it's cool. It's cool, man. Yeah. I watched with my wife, too. You just never met her. <laughs> <laughs> Neither have I. <laughs> hey, to be fair, though, you know, like I, I watch rom-coms that have themes in my life in mind, like Sleepless in Seattle. Great rom-com right there because we lived in Seattle. And so you're nice. you're sleepless Seattle. some nights, you know. Seattle, yes, sleepless, yes. yeah. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was actually Seattle adjacent, really. What it was what it was. Hey, don't be knocking T Town, man. There's nothing wrong with T Town, baby. That's a cool aroma. <laughs> Tacoma aroma, baby. Hey, you know it's what? The there was of America. I will say to you, this Royce, you didn't know this. I didn't tell you this, but there was a point in time when we were in school. This guy was on campus at the same time. What? He was playing basketball for Decatur. So we would have yep. the, the we'd have the state tournament at UPS in the field house, and it's just funny because then years later I meet him in Hawaii. And I'm like, "Hey man, do you play basketball in Hawaii?" It sounds really weird. Do you play basketball in Washington? He's like, "Yeah." It's small world. So crazy. Uh, was that ninety seven? Ninety seven. 97. I might, I might have seen you play. That was the year I went to the tournament at the field house. Yeah, we so saw, was, he, uh, was he and his brother. So his brother was the point guard. And yeah. his brother was thick. Like, his brother was shorter and he was just kind of... But, it, you know, it was a good team. Like, it was fun watching him play. He looked completely different. <laughs> like, there was just some features about him that I was like, Hey, man, you look really familiar. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little thicker. A little thicker. A little thicker. <laughs> it's just okay, goodness, man. Thicker. It's just goodness. 
hey, hey, we, you know, we, we all got a little bit more muscle now. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I we went to see, we went to see Lincoln, Lincoln High School. I don't remember who they played. I think we saw, like, Alpha's team there, too, Mount Tahoma. And they had a 5'9 guy that could that could get up. He could yeah. dunk. But the Lincoln Lincoln had some guy that was pretty good. Lincoln had a football Not player that was playing basketball at that time. He, I think he went to UW to play football. Play, play football. And then Wilson, down the road from UPS, had a guy that played at UW. That guy was pretty good. I forgot what his name was. He played basketball yeah. at UW, though. Yeah, man. Of, Fun times. Seattle had a lot of ballers. They did. A lot of talent, actually. Yeah, they did. You know, yeah. it, Wasn't Daniel Marshall from... Somewhere around there too. Well, the the big was it Donny? Was Donny Marshall? Well, the big Maybe hit. Donny, I, I think know. the big hit around our time was when Marvin Williams got pulled out of got got pulled out of Washington, and that kind of started everything. Mm-hmm. Like everyone starts looking at Washington a lot more, you know. And, yeah. they, and you had Martell Webster and all these guys. No, dude, they had Todd McCullough. Ah, uh, he's from Canada. He's from Canada. Todd <laughs> but, I mean, he played for UW. He did. But we don't talk about high schools, man. We talk about high school kids. I don't remember anybody else. Yep. I, but then I then I I did also go to the the women's tournament too in was it Seattle Kingdom? Yep. Kingdom. I think they well, played Arena or, or Key Arena where the Sonics played. Yeah, I think it was where the Sonics played because then they yeah. didn't they close that down a little a couple years after. Yeah, cause, well the Kingdom was still around when we were in school, Royce, and then they imploded it because I think the first game at. Lumen, which is Century League before. I think that first game was 2002. I think they said that tonight during the game. That it was like 2002 where they had the first game of the new stadium. Yeah. I think they built Safeco, or whatever it's called now, like around that time, like 99, 2000 maybe? Yep. I think I went to one of the last games the Mariners played in the Kingdom. Not really. Who was on the, who was on the team at that point? A-Rod. A-Rod was just coming up. And all the guys were still, all the guys were up and coming, right? It was, this was kind of their, their big run. I went to the playoff game. Oh, that was the year they won. They set the record for wins, right? One of the years, yeah. Like with Kaz, Sasaki, yeah. and... It's crazy, man. It was a good run. No, but when we were there, it was Randy Johnson, mm-hmm. A-Rod, Ken Griffey, Buner. Was Olerud there, too? Well, Edgar. All those guys were there. You no, know, Edgar Martinez, that's yeah. right, yeah. But I went to that game in the Kingdom where Randy came out, came out of the bullpen to close the game. That was pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty, that's pretty cool, yeah. That was pretty awesome. So, yeah, man, lots going on, guys. There's so much going on in the world since last time we recorded. It's Crazy so much. Man. I know. Yeah, a lot. I mean, lot. since we're on the topic of sports and basketball, let's just go dive right into the Brittany Griner thing a little bit. What do you? What was your thoughts, Bumble? What was your thoughts on that? Of that just the whole thing, start to finish. Oh, before I get into that, I just want to let you guys know, I almost hit a five-team parlay today, and I'm upset because the Milwaukee Bucks choked. Those bastards. Wow. They were terrible. They lost for like 40, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. What did they lose to? The Grizzly. I don't even remember the score. All I know is they were plus 2.5 and they got, yeah, they got, they got jacked up. So I won everything else except for that one. Well, I mean, let, yeah, let's give you your ups, man. Out. Like this last weekend, you were 2-0 on, on our picks or the podcast, man. Nice work there. Hey, big props, yeah. dude. Yeah. Going 4-1 and one on a 5-team parlay is pretty good. Yeah. 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 Just, you know, it's just sad. Oh no! It was one. It was four basketball, one football. Still, though, four basketball is yeah. like basketball's that's, tough, man. That's basketball, you, it's basketball like basketball's tough, like yeah. playing baseball. You play money lines, man. Like if you start playing these, you start playing the line. It's tough. Too much garbage time. Yeah. Too. So sad. Yeah, it's, it's, no. it's, it's, it's so, a sad, it's so a sad, sad one. Anyway, 
Uh, back to Brittany Griner. Um, I have a lot of feelings about it. You're happy to see her come home for sure. Like it, you don't want anyone to be uh, in a foreign country in their prison system and everything like that. And then you also don't want them to be locked up for weed uh, when it's legal here in most states. But the sad situation is she's been to Russia how many times? Because she's been playing there for years. She knew the rules. Um, and everybody knew the conflict that was brewing before she went over there in the first place. And then all of a sudden she gets caught. And of course, they have strict, you know, drug drug uh, laws over there. So she gets caught and then all of a sudden it's free Britney Griner because weed is legal here in America. Well, it's not, you know, legal there. So you got to suffer those consequences uh, for your actions. And you, I mean, when you travel, I know that I check my bags when I travel. Um, so I'm pretty sure she knew she had it. I'm pretty sure she took it over there a couple times, uh, but never got checked. But this time she did get checked. I think it was a political stunt that they did keep her or whatever the case oh, may be. 100%. They, they had to go back and forth for sure. But at the at the end of the day, like I'm happy that she that she's out. But at what cost? I mean, America, we look we look kind of dumb throughout this whole situation because it's like I don't know how to put it. Just like I, I mean, everybody's gonna put it the same way. It's like you we traded Brady for Colt McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty much that's pretty much what we did. You know what I mean? And it's uh, it's one of those things where it's bad optics because now you got the story of uh, the Marine that's still stuck over there and you left him in there, but you got this basketball player who, I mean, what does she, what has she done for the society uh, for the, for the majority of people here? I mean, the dude fought for our country, but at the end, but at the same time, if she wasn't arrested, we probably would have never heard of his name uh, because I never heard of him until, until uh, this, this all went down. So, I think it was a political stunt. I think it's one of those things where Biden is and his administration is trying to uh, trying to dot their I's and cross their T's for the multiple different groups of people. But it's it's one of those things where we have so many people here in prison or in jail for the same exact thing. Why aren't we doing anything uh, for those people? So it's it's bittersweet, to be honest. But I, you know, I don't think it's fair for her to be in there for nine years. But at the same time, you know, you did something stupid. You knew you did it. Uh, and then it's woe is me after. That's that's just how I feel about the situation. I'm happy she's home. But at the same time, it doesn't benefit me. It doesn't benefit the community. It doesn't benefit our country. <laughs> it just made us look stupid. So, yeah. What are you guys thoughts? Well, uh, the good thing is that you're right. I think she brought awareness to it, right? Like you... She brought awareness to Paul Whelan. There's another guy out there that basically did the exact same thing, and he's still in jail. It's a teacher. I, for, I forget mm. what his name is now, but that's one of the articles or one of the people that was brought up by you know some of the conservatives or some of the papers saying basically, hey, this person was there for the same offense. He's there for 15 years or same or the same amount of time or similar amount of time to Britney, but nobody's talking about him, uh, which is yeah. which is true. I'm glad she's back. Obviously, like you don't want to be in jail, let alone a Russian jail. But we traded the merchant of death for her. So one, I think it's the point about not giving in to terrorists, I think is valid because now you now you have this opportunity where you, you've given them an opening to say, hey, if you capture an American, we might give something away for that person. You know, two, in terms of the greater good, like the greater good, this guy has dealt weapons to people that want to kill Americans and probably have killed a tons of people all over the world. You know, is that 
the right thing to do? I, I don't know. But like, again, like, I am glad. He has a movie. That. He has a movie about him. Nicholas Cage's movie is about that guy. What is it? Lord of War or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's that's the one. No, I just I just wonder, you know, like, because she was, you know, for the whole, like, kneeling thing before that too, right? And they're, like, LeBron even said, like, oh, well, I'm not sure if, you know, does Britney even want to come back to the U.S.? Like, I think he said, I don't know what in what context he said that, but, you know, that was one of the things that they took yeah. that he said and was like, well, look at this. But, mm-hmm. you know, the U.S. is, no matter, the whatever problems that we have here, the U.S. is still the best country in the world. It's a country where you could yep. say pretty much whatever you want other than, like, libel and slander and all that stuff. You don't get that anywhere else. So. All you got to do is talk about the Iranian guy. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> that stuff is awful, man. That stuff is awful. <laughs> it's crazy. You support, you know, you support people's rights, and now you're on the execution block, basically. Yep. What about you, Steve? No, I mean, I agree with you guys. I mean, it's. I was just talking to one of my my athletes about this today. I mean, imagine if you were the guys behind catching the 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 arms dealer. You know, and how much work and effort, and maybe some loss of lives that came into get getting him into custody. What if you were those guys and you're watching this? You're like, I guess, but. You know, you're like, hey, this is, you know, we're protecting freedom and liberties, but I'm like, huh, that would blow. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. just standing like, yeah. I'd be like, I'd be cool, like, just stoked that she's home. Absolutely. We all feel the same. No one's, no one thinks you should be there for nine years for, you know, for what should be a slap on the wrist kind of punishment. But, it, you know, like you guys said, it's a different country and different countries, different standards, and you know it. You'd know it, but mm-hmm. there's a complacency, unfortunately, sometimes that comes with people of, you know, that have elite talent that are treated with elite talent. Sometimes you get complacent. And sometimes just being in America, we get complacent because we're so used to having our freedoms and you just kind of don't think about it, you know, and it's it's a, it's one of these things where I just hope it's not getting going to be used as some victory torch to go around and say, hey, look, we're supporting African-Americans or we're supporting women, we're supporting LGBTQ and all this kind of stuff. Like you had a lot of social pressure to bring her home. And that's the truth. Mm-hmm. The truth of the matter is you had a lot of social pressure to bring her home. You did not have the upper hand in the situation. Putin wanted to flex in front of the world and he did. And he successfully did. I mean, yeah. he got yeah. the guy out for a basketball player. Yeah. So one of the guys that actually worked on the investigation to to catch this guy wrote an article basically saying that we should not we should not give him up. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just a it's a shame all all around. It's it's a shame uh, she's been there to Russia how many times and she knows the laws and she still, you know, did what she did. Um, It's a shame that the United States government cracked the pressure uh, from people saying you need to support her and all these other things, but also it's Americans need to understand and respect uh, other countries' laws yep. and cultures. Yep. And I think that's where uh, us Americans, we fall short. Like, I can't wait to see the the next big thing because a lot of Americans like going to Bali now mm-hmm. or Indonesia, right. and they just passed that extra, the, the sex law where you're not supposed to have sex if you're not married. So, <laughs> you get Ooh, caught doing it. That's gonna be bad. <laughs> exactly. Just so it's gonna be interesting to see all those people uh, get locked up and get caned. So yeah, that means it's just like Singapore, right? Yeah, Singapore with Singapore chewing thing. gum. Yeah. And like the flushing the toilet. And there was that one guy that got caned, right? Because he did. Yep. I forget what he did. Whether it was drugs or graffiti or something. And 
Oh, it was like yeah, it was it was gum, was it? Didn't he like litter or something back yeah, in the nineties? Gum, wasn't yeah. it? He spit gum on the ground. Yeah. is that what he it was did? Like, yeah, it, it was, it was like in the mid to late nineties, and I think Clinton had to go bail him out, basically, and they couldn't. Yep. Yeah, they and couldn't. They couldn't. He, got, he got caned, right? Yeah. Then there was a. Uh, he got uh, it. He got that. He got, he got it. Yeah. And there was there was <laughs> UCLA, the UCLA guys too. The UCLA basketball players that stole in China and oh, Trump yeah. had to basically you, talk with. You talking about Z ball? You talk about yeah. you talk about ball. Ball was one of, one of them. them. One of one of them. Yeah, he was one of them. Yeah, the middle one. The middle child. Us Americans gotta respect other countries' laws and uh, not automatically think since we're American, every everywhere we go, it's the same laws same freedoms where it's not it, it, yeah it, you just don't get them and, and, and oh. it probably shows that we, we you know we probably we take our freedom for granted we take all our all, mm -hmm. a lot of things 100. we have every single day for rent for granted you know 100 100 yeah yeah like look we can do a podcast yeah. like this and talk about this and nothing's gonna happen to us you know unless i say something and uh we get canceled <laughs> royce's royce's greatest fear if the audience hasn't picked up on this is Rice is always in fear of getting canceled. You just never know when it's coming, dude. <laughs> it'll come and it'll come fast. It could have been something we said 15 yeah. pods ago and like it'll come back to you in 2025 uh, or whatever. Well, you know what's interesting, right? I mean, yeah. on that note, right, uh, uh, John Gruden, like when people now, they, they, the report came out that you know the Washington football team, the commanders, whatever you want to call them, specifically only leaked his stuff out as a little bit of deflection and stuff. When that came out in the report, you know, a lot of people are actually a little bit more, not accepting, but a little more understanding of trying to put it in context a little bit with the time period too. You know, it doesn't mean what he did was wrong, what was right, but it's one of these things where people were less, you know, vicious about like, oh my God, because you know what? The three of us on this podcast has said those things in the past at some point in time in our life. Context matters, right? Con and context matters and, yeah. and time. And, and nowadays when we're in this mode of just crushing down on people for saying the wrong thing, understand when it happened that that matters and understand the person yeah. saying it how many times those things were drilled into their head or they witnessed it and becomes a part of their vernacular and things they say daily and it's the it's the pitfall of political correctness you know like yeah. yep. when you go everything needs to be politically correct you're never gonna be perfect at that there's too many pitfalls there there's way too many yeah. have you have you guys seen the bill burr special at red rock I think it came out within the no. last year. So he talks a little bit about this. He talks about one of the examples he gave was John Wayne and how they're trying to basically cancel him now. They're trying to change the airport name. And I guess he said some stuff back in, you know, whatever it was about women and or something. And of course, what he said was like looking back at it now with the, with hindsight, it's like terrible. Like nobody would want to say that stuff today. But yeah. at the time, the context matters. Like it does make a difference, you know, like Absolutely. and it does. We don't take that into consideration. Like we're not very good at that. Humans are not very good at that. Well, we're not. We're not good at forgive and forget. I mean, it, I mean, I, I'm not a person that will forget, right. but forgiving and moving and growing and learning like it's it's like the Jerry Jones picture. Like, why are we? throwing up in arms when he was what 14 15 years old that's what was going on back in the then. south 14 so, 15 yeah. years old yeah. in, in the south the south <laughs> so now can you can you question his his actions over the year and come up with those same views possibly um but at the same time it's like you can't dig up stuff from back in that era and then try and cancel people now about what they did back then 
it's it's just it's crazy i actually think it's amazing it's that he's in that picture and yeah he was there you know like yeah. it's almost like i'm a, i'm amazed that people were able to be like that's jerry jones you know someone one of his friends is the one who someone yeah. someone that knew him yep. right 100 yeah. percent. someone that knew him you know he probably had said to make a buck right he probably said it's over there hey i'm in this picture man you know and someone's like whatever yeah let's put it up there, there right go. and that's it that's all it takes follow the money you know so that, that's the thing. It's like, so like what Bumble said about the forgiveness thing, you know, it's like some forgiveness has to be rooted in understanding some context. Forgetting is a complete, mm-hmm. yeah, it does kind of bother me when people talk about like forgive and forget. Because if we forget, yeah. we're bound to make the same mistake again. That's the whole issue. The, with, whole, uh, the, whole, point, right. the whole point is not to forget. But find a way to move forward together, yeah. you know, and, and that's it. But you can't, for, if you're going to find a way to move forward, you can't forget, right? No, so, you got to learn from it. You got to learn from it. And, you know, guess what? We're all, we're all not going to get along. We're all not going to be friends with each other. It is what it is sometimes. Sometimes it's oil and water, man. Sometimes there's just some people in this world that it just won't fit. And that's okay. So, Royce. What's next? What's next? Well, next on the docket is something Royce is really you know, been pretty opinionated about, uh, rightfully so, and it's gonna be the FTX thing. The founder of FTX getting 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 arrested. Royce, floor is yours. I am opinionated about a lot of stuff, but uh, yeah, this is um, it's horrible. So th- there's so much stuff that's coming out now where it's like his parents were kind of involved with the company. They had benefits from the company in their name. It turns out that one of the senior guys that started the company, I think, or was in the senior levels with them, is the one who ratted him out, basically. Uh, but there are all kinds of rumors about, you know, his girl, his ex-girlfriend, Caroline, being the one that's working with the feds and turning on him. I think probably to some extent that's true. But uh, what I have been kind of surprised about is that I actually feel a little bit bad for him. Even though he screwed so many people, basically it's fraud. No matter whether you say that you did it by accident or not, it's still fraud. It doesn't change anything. You know, he's been going on all these talk spaces and things like that and saying like how he's basically an idiot and that's why this all happened and he should have done better and he's going to try to do everything that he can for these people. It's just kind of too late now and... You know, it's it's a black eye for the crypto space. And, you know, politicians are using it now. Like Elizabeth mm-hmm. Warren came out with a bill that's basically saying, like, anyone that runs a node has to register as a financial services business and has to, you know, keep track of who uses their service and be able to block people and KYC people. And it's just, it's basically going to shut down the entire crypto innovation in the U.S. forever. And it's just, it's... It's not going to prevent any FTXs. It's just fortuitous timing, I guess, for something like that. Uh, and hearing all these politicians talk about crypto on in a lot of these news stations now, since it's you know one of the bigger topics, it's a lot of people that you know talk about things that they don't know that much about, uh, and it's it's kind of frustrating. Um, but that's just I guess part of the education part of it, and you know it's going to take a lot of lobbying and education, and yeah. but you know that's yeah. that's where we are right now. But uh, yeah, it's just it's. it's it's all bad. I mean, all of the fraud and all of the, you know, over leverage and all of these projects that, you know, ended up costing a lot of people a lot of money. It's just, it's just awful. So no his media tour kind of worked on you then. I, I, I mean, you know, he got you to maybe, feel sorry maybe, for him. Maybe. The media tour well, the, during worked. The, during the media tour, I was like, dude, this guy is a bozo. First of all, like if his parents are really lawyers, you would be telling him not 
to say anything, but he was going out there basically admitting to a, a lot of these crimes and trying to play it off like he didn't know what he was doing, which, you know, I'm it's sure it's a combination. Worse. I'm sure it's a combination. That's I'm sure it's a combination, worse. to be honest with you. But when, when you're, I think when you're young, like, you know, working in a, a financial institution, you know, there's a lot of heavy process mm-hmm. and a lot of checks that yep. prevent you from doing things like that. And if yep. you're, you know, 20 something, 30 something, and you start this financial services company and you don't have anyone experience on your team or on your board in any of that stuff, I can totally see how you can get in tons of trouble. And that's, that definitely seems like part of what happened. And that's still, a, but that's still an actable mission. In that sense, it either way, it still makes it, you know, activity just isn't good. So no matter what, right? No matter no matter how it gets explained, like they fucked up. They no, fucked, they fucked up, up. In, they fucked up bad. They fucked it's, up in such a crazy way. It, it's right. similar to uh, Theranos. So you had all of these, like Sequoia, I think, was an investor. Yep. Uh, you had all of these big names that put a lot of money in it, and you know, for a while, everything he touched was gold. You know, like every project that he touched was was gold. Yep. And I think people didn't want to mess that up. They didn't want to ask a lot of the, the hard questions. And that's what happened. It's kind of like the same thing that happened with Elizabeth Holmes. She had all these big names on the board, all these investors. Because you're going to follow. Like, if you have a big name investor putting money in a company, that's like, oh, you know, they, they must have done their due diligence. It must be a great bet. I'm going to do it, too. I mean, it's only, I think it's only natural. It only makes sense. And it's the same thing that happened here and that i think it you know the question the right questions weren't asked and you know here we are yeah but there's a, even in that case there's still bad acting going on there too you know there were, you know i can't I, I can't excuse anybody that you know it was actively promoting fraud like in theranos's case fraudulent information like literally fraudulent operations that they're talking about things that were happening that weren't happening at all there is a little bit of that culture though in in, in startups you talk about a product that doesn't exist, you know, like they, you know, they have that phrase, like fake it till you make it. It's for sure. But you don't, you don't sell something that you're saying you're doing as something and you're not doing it at all. Like at all, like well, with no innovation. Cause obviously that's with no, yeah. <laughs> you're going to jail. 100%. Yeah. And that's where and that's where she's going, you know. So it's yeah. There's pressure that comes in, money that comes in. Yes, they ask questions, but we don't know the conversations that don't happen or happen in, no inside. I, right? I tell we you. Don't know. Yeah, I tell you the one thing that turned me off to Alameda and FTX uh, was that there was a project back in, I think it was either, no, it wasn't last summer. It was the summer before, I think, in 2020 or 2021, a big data protocol where everyone, a lot of people that were uh, in it to farm and get these tokens, it was one of those farming opportunities. And uh, Alameda was in it and this guy, Zero x1b i think i think it's actually more i think it's more of a group of people but he's rep they're represented by this one guy and zero x1b and alameda were the two biggest whales in the pool and they were making all they were making a ton of the rewards from farming and every time they would get the rewards they just dump it so they were making tons of money and all these little people were getting basically dumped on yeah they were trying to yeah they're left holding the bag and you know when i saw that happening i was like well you know you're not really helping that project you're basically just you know screwing everybody to make money and that kind of soured me on yeah you're pillaging it you're not there to help you're just there to reap the benefits and and get out and yeah that kind of soured me on on that but you know who knew yeah who knew were they ever able to find out where the the billions of dollars was so they're still they're still doing the research to find all the assets um you know the, the corporate structure looked like it was just a web of 
companies left and right. And I'm sure they had wallets left and right with private keys left and right. Mm -hmm. So to be able to go through and track everything and find all the wallets that they they have in their custody and claw and get back those assets. Yeah. It's going to take, it's going to take a long time. And, you know, unfortunately, most likely people are going to get pennies on the dollar. Yep. It is a yeah. test of some of the blockchain yeah. stuff though, right? Rice. Cause you talk about the blockchain being one of the best registers out there <clears throat> that you can track all the transactions, but if cer certain things just happen in the non blockchain world, and it was just a movement of actual cash somewhere else off the blockchain, like that's going to be a little harder to track. That might, that might be harder. Um, if they move to actual cash and they did right. something with it, like it's, right. it's probably gone. Yeah. But uh, they have a company called Chain Analysis. And Chain Analysis has been really good at uh, looking at the blockchain data and being able to trace that data uh, and trace those coins from the origination point to where they ended up. They've right. been... They've been in pretty much every big crypto uh, investigation. They've been right. involved, right. Uh, and the one of the CEOs I think has testified before Congress too as well. They're they're really smart guys. Uh, and the thing about blockchain, and this is one of the misconceptions I think, is that there's a lot of hype around blockchains being used and crypto being used to you know launder money and hide stuff. But the thing is, that's not the case. Like when you move money on a blockchain, your transaction is there for everybody to see. Completely so, trackable. Completely trackable. Anyone that has a either runs a node or has access to a website that can view that data can follow where the money went. Yeah. So not only is it permanently recorded, but you have hundreds of thousands of eyes, millions of eyes that can look at it and see for themselves. So, you know, they talked about, I can't remember exactly what the, which investigation this was, but one of the things they talked about was this guy that was a hacker, stole a bunch of money. He moved it through one of these mixers, like Tornado Cash or whatever, and tried to try to take the money out. And they were able to trace it. And the reason they were able to do that is because one, because the blockchain data shows you where the money went. Tornado Cash is supposed to be this thing where you can obfuscate where the money goes because it kind of hides it and mixes all the transactions together and jumbles it so you don't basically see where it went. But depending on the volume of crypto that you're moving, you can kind of infer a lot of things from that. And so they were able, actually able to trace it across these mixers and see where all the, where the money went. And uh, if you're a hacker or a thief, it's probably the worst thing to use to try to move your money because yeah. all that, it's all public. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So I guess on the bright side, this could just be yet another test of that of that blockchain theory or getting people to understand blockchain. And that could be an unintended positive that can come out of this if you try to spin any positive out of this situation, which is not not easy. Uh, this, is a, this is a pretty bad story all, all the way around. No, it's just, yeah, it's terrible. Uh, the interesting thing, too, is that he's in jail now, right, in the Bahamas. Yep. But you have guys like 3AC, the Luna guy, Do Kwan, they're still out there. But I, I think the reason why this is, the arrest has happened so quickly is that they did have a guy on the inside that turned on him. Mm -hmm. like, actually, what I didn't realize, too, is that they would have never caught Madoff at that point, except that he confessed. And that's why that's why they're able to, to take him down so quickly. I think Do Kwan and I think the three AC guys, they probably, you know, committed some kind of or they broke some kind of laws, but it's gonna take a little bit longer because you're gonna to have to do the investigation. You know, there were only two guys basically in three AC, it's Kyle Davies and uh Suzu. And I'm pretty sure they're not gonna, you know, rat the other guy out. You no know, if anything right. illegal happened. Right. So Because they have crap on each other, we'll man. See. You know, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But but at, at the same time too, maybe maybe it is true. Maybe they didn't do anything illegal. They just got over leveraged and you know swept up in the the situations. But you know we'll we'll find out. Yes, we will. Speaking find of out. finding out stuff with interest rates, Roycey, another thing you get 
a little fired up about. Well, not only do I get fired up about uh, apparently it, apparently the dogs are pretty fired the up. The dogs about, get fired up about you know, too. Rates yeah. going up. You know, just just a little quick recap. You know, the the Fed just raised interest rates half a percentage point, which. On one end, the positive is that they did adjust to the data that came out because originally the projections just a month ago were that this, this raise was going to be 0.75%. So they, they showed some ability to show some, to some way of adjusting and, uh, and kind of looking at some of the data coming through. But we've talked, we beat this to death about how they look at lagging indicators and they did talk about in interviews and press conferences that they're going to try to look a little bit more at what their interest rates hikes will be doing in the future, admitting that they they don't see that it has made an effect on the economy yet. So you know, there's some hope in some of that wording. And with the Fed, it's always about the wording. You know, it's just what do they say? And they, and they but you see, like just three four weeks ago, you look at things they were saying in interviews. They're not is not exactly what they were saying two weeks ago. So, as like I said, there is some positive because I just look at the positive. At some point, the negative stuff is so obvious. It's so obvious that if they overdo this, they're going to, you know, slow the economy way too far down. That's the obvious stuff. There is some part of there where you're like, oh, well, at least there's some change there. But, you know, we'll see what it really does in the long run. You're such a permable, dude. Well, what are you going to do about it? Like, what are you, you going to do about it, right? You can sit and bitch about it. Like, look, this is my biggest thing. You can sit and complain about crap. But, like, in business, when you, like, like like I am, where I'm running a couple different businesses at one time, it doesn't matter. Changing landscapes is a changing landscape. I can like it or I don't like it. It doesn't matter. I have to adjust to whatever is happening, right? Oh, 100%. I, right? It, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter. 100%. So, in some ways, like, be constructive. You know, try to be constructive about everything that's happening because you got to live with it because it's there. You have no, You have no way to change it. Yeah, you def you definitely have to, um, but you can still bitch. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's a little bit wrong in our society, right? We got a lot of people just yeah. bitch. That's all they do is bitch. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a tough it's a tough situation. Um, and the thing is, there's no crystal ball. No, nobody really knows. Like you have all these people that get on TV and they say one thing, you know. But at the end of the day, no one can predict the, no one can predict the future. Nobody knows what's going to happen. So. You know, the Fed has a tough job. You know, people can have their opinions. I have mine, obviously, about what, you know, what they're doing. But, you know, nobody, nobody knows. You just have to make your bets based off of that, right? And that's all you can do. I mean, you don't have a choice. Yeah. I mean, the thing that, the thing that you're looking at too, right? As long as unemployment remains where it is, people have money. Like, people have money and people have money to yeah. spend, you know? But spending is slowing down. At least the data coming out that spending is slowing down is actually a positive thing. You know, like there is a... Americans do actually have a point where they, we kind of say enough. So that's yeah. no, mildly no, def positive. Def <laughs> I, think, I, think def I think slowing uh, spending has definitely slowed down. Uh, and that's going to be... I think that's going to show over, you know, the next couple months. Right. Uh, there's layoffs that are happening so like the unemployment rate is definitely going to go up like there's been i think like 10 to 13 percent layoffs across like a lot of big technology companies yeah uh in the last few weeks yet you know in the data apparently that the fed has you know we're still at basically full employment which is well i mean for the standards of what it is right i mean it's we we talked about this i mean unemployment data is a little skewed bubble you can speak to this a lot we talked about this a long time ago when you were working, when you work in the hotels, it was routine yep. to, on a slow week, go file for unemployment. Like, you, you yep. mind sharing what that was like for you? Like, I, when you told me this was happening, I was tripping out. 
What did, oh, yeah. So what would happen it's, in the hotel? It's the, it's the same thing that happens with construction workers and union job workers. When your job is slow, you're encouraged to go and file unemployment because you can't get the hours and the companies can't pay you uh, for those weeks. So when I was working um, at the hotel, not going to say the name, but when I was working at the hotel, uh, what would happen is I was low in seniority. So therefore we didn't have high occupancy. So I would have like weeks where uh, I didn't have hours. So in order to supplement that, you would go and file unemployment and you would get paid uh, from unemployment every single week until you get your certain amount of hours. Uh, some days I, I would say you can get your full unemployment benefits if I only work two days a week and I would be sometimes making more money just sitting there not working uh, than when I actually did work. So right. it's one of those one of those situations where it is skewed. Uh, the system is rigged kind of and there's really no penalty uh, for the employers or whatever who's doing those those types of things. Bottom line, they're, they're saving money by making you stay home because they would have to pay right. uh, not only your uh, hourly payments and then they would have to pay your medical uh, as well for that for that for those uh, those weeks that you're working too. So it's just a jacked up situation. Yeah, don't the companies put money uh, into unemployment as well? They do. They do. Yeah, right? but yeah. it's, it's not do. a lot. It's still partially yeah. paid for by. It, it is. Too. It's it like is. A, it's like an unemployment insurance type of thing, where it's like in case in case it happens. But if you saw the amount that a, a company pays versus the amount of people that's claiming it, then you would be like, mm, something's kind of weird there. So. so did they actually like furlough you or lay you off for the week in order for you to, to file for unemployment? Uh, no, How did it, that work? Uh, the way, the way, well, at least in Hawaii, uh, the way that it worked is if you are not getting your uh, hours or your normal amount that you would make, so, for instance, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, well, back when I was doing it, uh, I think it was 625 a month a week that your max benefit uh, for unemployment was. So per week, $625 would be the max that I would be paid. Um, so if I worked at the hotel two or three days and I didn't make 625, they would pay me the difference to get to that 625. If I made over six twenty five, then I can't, I can't, um, I can't claim the unemployment. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. So that's how they, yeah. that's yeah. how they did it. For context, actually, uh, when I went to, I think it was France. It was a long time ago now, maybe over a decade ago. I was talking to one of the my cab drivers, and so he had started this cab company, and he thought that it would be easy to to hire workers to work for his cab company. But in France what happens or whatever country this was, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it's France. Yeah. When you get laid off, you automatically get a year's worth of severance. So it was so hard for him to find workers to work, to work for his company, which was super interesting. It's, I think you have to have a balance, right? Like there, there is, I think there is a societal benefit to being able to pay out, you know, unemployment when you find yourself in that situation. But at the same time, it can't be yeah. so much where you're basically incentivizing people to. Wow. We saw this, right? We saw this during COVID, and this is why we talk about the unemployment. Mm-hmm. Unemployment numbers are very skewed because at some point in time, people drop out of the system. So once you don't, once you drop out of the system, and then let's say, like you were talking about France, like you saw some tendencies in the hotel, like you said, it felt like too. I make more money sitting at home. So at some point in yep. time, there are some, there are these unemployed people just kind of sitting at home, but they're not being counted. So artificially, our unemployment rate's pretty low. The thing too is with those numbers is there's people with multiple jobs. So therefore, 
you're looking at, oh, the the unemployment rate is not that bad, but you got people who got two, three, four jobs. And then when it starts to drop, it's probably because someone is burnt out. So they got rid of one or two of those jobs. So that I mean, it feels really unique right now, right? Because in this time when we're talking about unemployment rates you know, is low, there's for there's help wanted signs everywhere. Oh yeah, like yeah. especially here in Hawaii, because uh, and and going back to your point, Bobo, about talking about the sectors that participated in the unemployment program, construction, travel. What are the two sectors that held on really strong and still still are doing well, even though housing sales are down? Like, try find a contractor right now. They're busy. They're yeah. booked. You know the home builders, Dr. Horton and stuff. They might be slowing down their bills, but they're not. And they're mm-hmm. not stopping building. It's just slower. Yeah. You know. And then when you look at travel, travel is the one robust market that only now, just this last week, airlines have said we're starting to see a little bit of a slowdown. You know, after all these months and uh, you know all that re- mm-hmm. resurgence in in uh, in the winter. But when I talk to people that go that do business travel, that travel is increasing. Like they're all going back on their, they're going, they're back in, into business travel. So that's going to buoy that market even more. So those people that were using the system temporarily to file unemployment claims, they're not doing it right now. So now the numbers are, are lowered. So yeah, the system, I mean, it's all over the place. There's so many ways that that number is, it, again, it's really unique because there are a lot of people working. There's people with money and then there's people look, people that need employees, but it's super expensive to bring on employees at the same time. So this is this is my this is my theory about the unemployment rate right now being so low. During the pandemic, right, you had a bunch of people that died, you know, from the from the virus. You had a bunch of people that retired early, you know, for whatever reason uh, that came out of the workforce. So you're already seeing like a, a decline in the number the workforce because of the people that retired and and died. On top of that, you have a slowing growth rate, right? Ever since the boomers, growth rate in America has been slowing. So not only are these people that made up the bulk of the the workforce, you know, out of the workforce, but there's also less people available to work as well because just just a numbers game, like just because of the declining declining growth rate. I think all of that is contributing, and also like there's one last actually one one last aspect is I think people's priorities have shifted a little bit after the pandemic too as well. Like I don't think there's a lot of people that are in the big cities working for these big companies that are willing to work 50, 60 hours a week just to make money. I think a lot of perspectives have changed too out of coming out of the pandemic. So combining all of that together, I feel like there's been this shift in the dynamics of employment and unemployment. And that's kind of what's leading to this sort of misleading calculation where, yes, we have you know low unemployment, but it's because of all these different reasons. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the world. The world. People want to work less. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Mean, people, well, people are people are finding people are finding the, trying to find that balance in, in work life, and they got to, they got a taste for it. the people that did hybrid or you know working remotely well, where they could balance their life again and still get their work done. Some of them are still having that opportunity, but there there are a lot of companies out there that are making the workers come back. And then there's the real, and then but then there's the liberal companies that are having a hard time, quote unquote, making them come back. You know, they strongly suggest uh, yeah. you read the email. All the emails say we strongly suggest you come back. You know, I, I have friends that were it like one of some of the biggest tech companies. They're like the emails are written very not aggressively, but they're definitely trying to nudge you to come back. But they're falling mm-hmm. short of saying you have to come back. But then when you go to these other companies that have little less exposure to, you know, the public and less scrutiny on them, they're just saying you got to come back. And so it's going to be interesting what happens as all these people go back to the, to the office and 
And then some of it is they're getting, you know, some of them are getting laid off. But those numbers obviously haven't hit a point where it, it's big enough to affect the rate, you know. But the numbers, you know, to we'll see what it's like in this next year. This next year is going to be super interesting because of all those dynamics. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm old school, but I, I do think that there are advantages that you have by having people work closely together and communicate yes. with each other every day, right? Like, it's yeah. like, there, there's... There's yes. more opportunities for serendipity, I think, where Whoa, serendipity. You, know, you can benefit from that. Yeah, that's the Is that another I, one of your rom-coms? That's another one of your rom-coms, right? Huh? Uh, you know, I I think I have seen that movie, but I don't remember it. So if I saw it again, yeah. it would be like a whole new movie. Anyway, but I think it's going to be hard because attitudes have changed around that. Oh, yeah, 100%. Especially, especially with the younger people. Yeah. I think as soon as it was proven that you can work from home and still uh, complete your work, a lot of people are like, nah, yeah, I don't want to go into the office. I don't want to sit in traffic for an hour uh, and then come into work. And then after work, I have to sit into traffic for another hour to get home. And I think that is one of the things where companies are having a hard time with employees because they're just like, you know what? If you don't want me to, if you want me to come back into work, I'll just go look for a job that has remote work. Mm -hmm. um, I know that there's uh, there's companies that actually offer paying people for their time to travel. travel. Yeah. So if you're traveling to work, so say your your day starts at eight o'clock, you have eight to nine to get to work. Then at uh, what is it? At four o'clock, you leave, and they're they're still paying you four to five. Wait, uh, to get can, home. Can you please. tell me what company that is? Because uh, I need to I need to go look. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put them on blast. <laughs> uh, but you you have companies that that offer those types of things, and then you have the other companies that's like, you know, we're just going to go ahead and continue to offer these this this hybrid type of work or this totally remote work because they're losing good workers because other people are paying for those. Uh, those types of services. So it's tough, especially for the bigger businesses, because people are just going to jump ship to go and find another company yeah. that's willing to pay them the same amount of money with that benefit of being able to work from home. So it's capitalism. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. And then in California, I, I know that they tried to pass the law where it's the four day work. I'm like, what? I need that. Yeah. I need that. So <laughs> I, I don't know if it passed. I, 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 know how you're gonna I, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, so. how I, are you going to pull I'm, that I'm, off too? You know, like things need to stay open. Like, But there are some <laughs> companies that saw that bill and they're starting they're looking to um to uh put that into their um, look if you have enough yeah, well, if you well, have well. enough employees to kind of create some kind of rotation there is a way to make that work like mm -hmm. i used to work no, that, for, that's what it is yeah. i used to that's work four tens in seattle and it was great like it was great to work four tens yeah. have that three day three day weekend to work a couple extra hours every day like whatever there's a high school here that i'm like i think i need to go work there because they have every friday off i would love that <laughs> <laughs> is it every Friday off for the students or for the faculty as students well? Students and teachers. Wow. Students and teachers. I would love that. But is is the school day it. like 10 hours? No, the school day is regular. The only difference is for your summer, I think you have like a... Fewer days. Less week. Yeah, uh, like a fewer like week or two of summer. For three-day weekends? Yeah. Mm. Three-day weekends? It's, mm. it's like furlough Friday in Hawaii. Oh. Remember that? Hey. Hey, I don't even think. Boom. Hey, bro, I don't think they even have like the two dollar movies anymore. You know, you know when you're. <laughs> they, def no, they, they definitely do not have two dollar you know movies anymore. So man, there was like... this thing over here, Royce. <laughs> it, it, like consolidated theaters here did like was two dollar movies, right? Was it two bucks? 
Yeah. And then like popcorn was like dollar two dollars, hot dollar hot dogs. Like Bumble and I, when he was unemployed during certain weeks at the hotel, that's where we were. We may have watched one, maybe two movies every Tuesday. I don't know. I mean, they had seats available in those theaters after the one first movie ended. So you know, uh, yeah. man, you know, so we decided to walk yeah, into we'll that walk one. Over. Yeah, yeah, just walk over, go to the bathroom, and then walk to the next theater. Like whatever. Love when old people yeah. talk about two dollar movies. I don't know what that's. I don't know what that's about, man. I'm too young. Oh, here you go. Oh, here you go. <laughs> hey, man. This is only about. This is only about eight years ago. We're talking right now. All right, let's wrap this up. What did you learn today, Roy? Roycey, what's something new you learned from today's show? I didn't learn anything. Same thing. I always learn nothing. And on that note, guys, we're, we're gonna thank everybody for listening. And uh, I don't really know what to say about that, Roycey. All right, guys. I think with that, we'll sign off. We'll, we'll kind of do at least one more recording before the end of the year. All right. Thanks, everybody, All for right, listening.